Hey, this is Rob with Local Tri-Vibe. I am here with Di Roberts of Perfect Fit Cycling in Virginia Beach and um, had, a, had an opportunity to just sit down one-on-one with him and, um, you know, have a conversation, basically. So, Di, I appreciate your time today. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good. A good ride this morning. Nice and warm. So, so Nice. So a, what kind of ride? How, what did you guys do? What page? Oh, we went out and did some uh, short intervals on short drive. We got people training for nationals, sprint triathlons, that kind of stuff. So, you know, VO2 sessions are important, you know, pushing hard. So are you, are you hanging with them, or are you? <laughs> I am, just. Okay, all right. Uh, no, we're hanging out. We're doing pretty good. Yeah, it was good. We had four people out this morning pushing off. It was great. Nice. So, um, so for those of you who don't know Di, um, he's uh, he's everywhere, and I'm gonna I'm gonna gush a little bit um, because I don't believe in having uh, people that I don't believe in. So, among other things, some of the major um, things that I've accomplished as a an adult athlete. Um, Di has been in the shadows or, or has been in the area, or has, whether he realizes it or not. So um, I've seen him in Puerto Rico uh, during my half Ironman. I've seen him at uh, Louisville for the only full uh, Ironman that I've done. And um, little known, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Di, but um, I know you know that I pulled um, for the Tour de Cure a child for 100 miles for Ainsley's Angels. Um, we spent months preparing for this, and I got to uh, the day of the ride, and we were setting up the chariot, making it all happen, and, oh, my gosh, my skewer wasn't long enough. I could not believe, like, I went into a sheer panic. Like, like everything falls up. Like, nothing happens if we don't get a skewer. So you guys were on site. One of your guys had a, a, a skewer that was a quarter of an inch longer, an eighth of an inch longer, and it was all we needed. But Perfect. that eighth of an inch would have made all the difference <laughs> in the world. I've got so many uh, props and so much um, from that ride that never would have happened if you and you guys were the only ones there it was like it was not going to happen so um yeah but here's a crazy thing Uh, so among other things um i want to i want people to talk about me the way that people talk about you i can Mm -hmm. be around the world i can be in north southeast west everybody always has great things to say about you but i know nothing about you like i know i see you how did you get started in all this well, I think, you know, I've been an athlete all my life. My parents weren't really athletic. Uh, they were as teenagers or as 20-year-olds at the end of the Second World War. But I, I was a kayaker. I, I swam open water swimming when I was a kid. I rode boats, sailed boats, walked everywhere. Then when I could afford a bike, I got a bike, started riding. That was my transport. And uh, so I was, and I lived in the west of Wales where there's not much transport and the roads are pretty gnarly. And, uh, and, uh, and so I, I'd just been healthy and fit all my life, you know. And I think starting at that age made a huge difference. And I ran a little bit of cross country in school. It's not the same as it is here in the U.S., in, in the U.K. anyway. And ran a little bit of cross country and um, found I liked running. I was good at it. So I kept doing it. My brother's a good runner, too. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I, I carried on running. And when I joined the military, joined the Navy, I, you had to pick a sport. So I picked running because it was easiest. And somebody also said, they said, hey, you know, because you were confined to the uh, to the college for the first uh, three months or two months. They said, if you get on the cross-country team, you, you get out in week two because you've got to go race. So that was it. That was done deal for me. Nice, <laughs> nice. So do you actually, you were as a, were you enlisted or were you an officer in the Navy? Officer, yeah, I joined up as an officer straight from school. My brother's enlisted and still is. Still okay. in. He's older than me. Wow. It's been in like 40 years or something now. So you were a fleet sailor, sub-sailor? Uh, fleet, yeah, surface. What type of ships were you on? 
explorers, frigates, mine hunters. I was a diver for a long time. Wow. And uh, yeah, so again, it all plays into this being fit and active. Right. And um, yeah, I yeah, other than when I broke an ankle uh, sliding down a ladder on a ship. Um, other than that, and then they put me in a boot, did some surgery, put my leg back together, and I was off the ship for like eight weeks. And they gave me crutches and this sort of boot thing, and, mm-hmm. I, and I put a running shoe on the other thing, and off I go run. <laughs> so then, obviously, this is a podcast, so nobody can see where we are. I'm sitting here looking at a shadow box full of medals. Is that before you went in the military or after you went in the military? No, all of these are, uh, yeah. 2003, 2006, 2002 for Disney and that. And the gold, the ones at the bottom, these are just the gold medal. I kept all the gold medals other than the World Championships medal. And so these are all military medals into service, combined service, gold medals from racing cross country or track or whatever. Wow. And road road marathon. I was a military marathon champion and, uh, and half marathon champion, all sorts of things. Yeah. Wow. What's your, what's your favorite distance? Used to be 10 miles. Probably now more like 10K. Right, right, right. <laughs> 10K is hard, but it's not too long. Right. You, know, you can sustain it. 10 miles used to be because I was a lot fitter and stronger then, but, um, you know, you stick with it. 5Ks are just flat out. Were you like a, were you a smart runner? Were you like mental? Were you a competitive, like mean? Like were you like a drive pain into the to the pack kind of a guy well you just watched that video of me racing <laughs> the 1500 european championships in 2006 and i put them to the put them to the gun because i knew i really knew i didn't have a chance of winning but i thought i'm just going to test them out and went ahead after half a lap and you know four lap race and just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and uh and because uh, they were going too slow sure Sure. So, yeah, I'll put the pain to them now and again. But it is fun when you get in a race. I was going to talk about this in a, in a while. You get in a race, and if you're in control, I, you, you're able to control your speed up and down. Most people hit a speed. That's what they got. That's what they're going to hang on to until they fade at the end. Once you're in control and you can accelerate, okay, how many people did I drop? Okay, let's relax a bit, pack, settle down in a pack again. Now, there's less people. I think it takes me back to half marathon in Portsmouth in England in 96. And I trained all winter, 6 a.m. every day. Consistency, as we were talking about, consistency in training is so key. 6 a.m., got up at 6, left the house at 6.15. I ran the same five-mile route every morning as fast as I could. (laughs) So it was all... You know, if the wind was in my face, it was 510. If the wind wasn't in my face, it was 450. The same five-mile route because it just grounded into me. To run as hard as you can for five miles, that's it. It it, it certainly helps you understand suffering in the sense of training. And then we did track four times a week in the evenings. So, and I think a lot of people aren't pushing hard enough often enough. There's a funny story uh, when I first moved here in 2000, um, we'd be out running with Final Kick across mm-hmm. the street from yep. where we are now, Perfect Fit. And um, on, every Thursday night, we'd do a tempo run. Mm-hmm. And it was always the same three-mile loop. Um, and after, on week three, I said, so what are we doing this week? I said, oh, we'll do the tempo loop. Okay. So I said, well, I'm going to pick up the pace a little early today. You know, because training, progression in training is very principle of training, basic principle of training. 
And uh, I'd studied a lot by then on training because I'd worked with a coach before and so on. And so I started like three and a half miles. You know, What's he doing? You know, who is this crazy guy? Well, he's the guy that's winning all the races. Oh, okay. Right, <laughs> right. So, yeah, we, we sort of, then we bumped it up to a six-mile loop and then a nine-mile loop and a 12-mile loop in the end. It was the longest when I started racing marathons. So, yeah, it, it, you know, trying to understand training and then being able to suffer yourself. I don't care what anyone else does. My right. goal is to suffer as much as I can myself or was. I'm not. I, I want to train and race. I'm training now. I want to race again. But, you know, the nearly 60-year-old body is kind of, you know, you know how it is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I will know when I, I'm trusting. You're younger than I'm, me. I'm breaking down. I'm breaking down. <laughs> So, but but now you're in this lifestyle of you. You have the bike shop, the perfect fit, and you're 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 surrounded by triathletes. How did you make that that gap from running to triathletes? Well, you know, I had three major injuries in my whole running career, mm-hmm. other than soft tissue, muscle pull, things like that. They, that's part of the game. But I had um, patella tendonitis, and I, I remember when. I remember where, and I remember who fixed them. Ooh. All my injuries. I only had three. Right. Patella tendonitis took three months to fix. I was in Holland in 98, and after I fixed it, within a month I was back winning races. So it was great. Um, I, pulled, I had a groin strain in, um, in uh, 2000, it must have been seven, um, from doing yoga. Wow. I don't do yoga anymore. Wow, really? Everyone said, well, you're too competitive. I'm not a competitive yoga person. <laughs> anyway, I got a groin strain in, in 2006, and uh, the World Duathlon Championships was in 2007. Mm-hmm. And I've been coaching athletes up since 2001, and uh, more and more sort of triathletes were coming to me um, because I was helping them with their run, which for a lot of people is, is a struggle. And um, then, you know, I was biking then in 2006, uh, because I couldn't run much. Right? Mm-hmm. In fact, I got to, so I joined in with a local, you know, tri group, and they'd go for 100 miles, I'd go for 100 miles. In fact, my second training ride with the group, Saturday we did 40 miles, Sunday we did 102. Oof. That was my second training ride on a borrowed bike from Jerry Frostick at Final Kick. I remember. And uh, he just said, oh, ride this one. And then I came back, and the next week he gave me another bike to ride, and I've been racing on that ever since. So. Wow. Um, but, um, so that got me into cycling a lot and I found I love cycling. So you didn't cycle until you came to the U.S.? Well, I, I've always ridden bikes sure, as a kid sure. and so on, but I never trained on a bike because I'd always been running, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 miles a week, twice a day, training three times a day, you know, in the pool lunch times and in, in the weights room or in the pool lunchtime five days a week. So, so with Final Kick and Jerry, what, what, what year was that about? Um, at, with the biking was 2006. No kidding. So I started, I started helping out coaching at the store when I, over here in 2001. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, it it um, so that got me into multi-sport, and the World Championships duathlon was in Richmond in 2007. Mm-hmm. So I trained for that with a bunch of guys doing Ironman, and you know, I just trained lots of miles, and it got me really strong very quickly on the bike. Uh, so much that I ended up getting a bronze medal at World Duathlon Championship. Wow. So, that's my first duathlon ever. Oh, my gosh. I'd never done a duathlon before then. It was World Championships. Racing for a British team. Oh, wow. Um, age group, you know, as an sure, age group. Sure. 
So, uh, yeah, I was really happy with that. It was a nine-mile run, 48 miles on the bike, and then a four-and-a-half-mile run. So I think I came off the run like seventh or ninth or something overall out of the whole field. Wow. And then people were passing me on the bike because their bike handling was much better. And sure. I trained a lot bike handling because I knew it was a skill I needed. Right. And, again, that comes back to being specific about your training. And that's a key piece, I think. And so I lost a lot. And then it was four and a half mile run to get, every, to get everyone back. And I think I was about six going into the run. My transitions weren't as good as the others. So, you know, I was losing time everywhere. And, uh, but I eventually pulled into third and got the bronze, yeah. So it's um, oh, ITU, long distance to Athlon Worlds at the top of the orange. Oh, yeah, nice. So, uh, yeah, so that's how I got into multi-sport. And mostly I got into multi-sport through coaching. Because big triathletes were coming to me for advice and, and so on. And so I did some USAT uh, training courses, you know, coaching classes. I did um, Ironman coaching qualification, which is a three-month tra- program. Wow. Uh, online lessons and tests, test, 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 test. And uh, you learn from Dave Scott and people like that. Fantastic. Sure. Really good tutors to be working under. And um, that got me more and more. And we had a lot of success, a lot of success with our athletes, lots of people at world championships and national championships. And essentially, most of our athletes make it to world champ- uh, to nationals every year, and the best ones will make it, you know, out to worlds, world 70.3, lots of athletes, world, you know, um, world Olympic distance, you know, a few athletes. And so the, the, the programs that we run, work you know and it's the same format right it's a standard formatted program so then you went from military doing some training around here kind of helping out how did you like you have a lifestyle now this is not just a job it's not just a career it's not just a business this is your lifestyle like it is yeah and that's the best thing about it i think you know i i think of perfect fit as my second living room now, people might think that's a bit sad when I live at the beach at Chicks Beach and I can sit on the beach. Right, right. I very rarely sit on the beach. If I go to the beach, it's to swim or, or watch the sunset. You know? right. But I can sit in here like today. You know, It's a Sunday afternoon. I'm more than happy sitting in here. I've got the music playing normally, watching Tour de France replays on the right. Like a living room. Exactly. And that means I can have the open sign up and people come in. We've had people come in who needed water today, people that came in needed to change, people that came in and needed a flat tire fixed right. just because we're here and we're open. You know? Sure. So it is more of a lifestyle. And my wife's very busy working you know, within the business as well, so it, it works out great. And we you see get, each other all the time. And you get to travel. You're going – like I've seen you at all my major races. I mean, I'm like, that's uh, – I don't have a lot of, um, I guess I don't, I don't envy a lot of people for the lifestyles they live because they don't live in a way that I want to live. It's okay yeah. with them. I'm not judging. Yeah, it's just yeah, a matter yeah. of fact. Yeah. But when I see with the races, it doesn't feel like you're working. It feels yeah. like you're just an extension of yourself. So Yeah. And I think the, uh, you know, when you've, A, done a lot of racing and you have a sort of understanding of what racing is all about, by the time it comes to race day, they don't need training advice or anything. They just need to make sure they're not freaking out, panicking. And if they are panicking, that you calm them down, make sure the tires are pumped up, make sure the wheels aren't rubbing, the brakes aren't rubbing, get into transition, come back, relax, and, you know, whatever they need. 
And um, it's fun. It's a it trap and such a lively, supportive community. I would say, you know, people want to help you. There's no doubt they want to. They don't want you crashing. They don't want you doing this. So if they notice something, they're going to point it out to you. Um, most have you have you done any cycling, any criteriums or anything like that? No. no. I, um, you know, when you look at cycling races, and I know a few people have never crashed, and that's great. Um, not exactly. And um, but you see too many injuries in cycling those criterium type races. And I have no experience of criterium racing. Um, I have no experience of road racing mm-hmm. cycling. I have a lot of experience of doing Grand Fondo type events and, and you know, and racing them hard. I think one year I was seventh or ninth at Mountains of Misery. Uh, I was first or second in the end overall in the um, Tar Wheel Century, oh, wow. um, you know, averaging 20-something plus miles an hour in the pack, 25 or something. You know, right. going at, well, not average, but... And so, you know, I like that kind of thing, and I can help people a lot, and, that, uh, you know, clients that I work with who are doing that kind of event. And when they listen, and you can you can help them, they love it. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, I plan to do some draft legal triathlons. It's something I've never done. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I want to get into that and understand that more. You know, I did Ironman Lake Classic because I hadn't done an Ironman, mm-hmm. and I ended up with a lot of Ironman clients as coaching uh-huh. clients, and I'd never done one. So I figured I'd better do one. What year was that? Uh, 16. 16, no kidding. Wow. But I didn't train specifically for it because I knew I could finish with just being healthy. Sure. I could finish within any kind of cutoff. Oh, sure, sure. And so, you know, I did, and this isn't a way to train if you want to race for it. But, <laughs> you know, I did nine swims. The 10th swim was the race um, total. And then, you know, I rode with my athletes and trained with my athletes. And so, you know, whatever they were doing, I would do generally on the bike, and I'd miss some because I'd be busy. And then I ran, I think the longest I ran was 15, 16 miles. Cause oh, I knew wow. I'd be walking and running most of it, just sure. having fun. We did a little a couple of video interviews during the uh, Ironman with my wife, you know, on the call. Nice. And I wore my hat to finish. You know? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, uh, but I'd experienced it. So now I've decided to do an Ironman every five years. Wow. The plan is to do Boulder in twenty twenty in twenty one when I'll be sixty and then Wales in when I'm sixty five and um and then at seventy maybe Lanzarote because that's ranked hardest Ironman. So Oof. may as well do it. Wow. <laughs> I think I have two more on me, two more Ironmen and I think I'm gonna do them the same year. I'm gonna peak right. and then yeah. go into a ninety day or maybe yeah. sixty days peak. And then do it so then uh then I because one it feels like I know that people who haven't done it don't understand this, but I feel like one after I've done it, anybody can do one. I just wanted to see what I could do. Now I want to see what I can do. Like when I'm like, now there's no doubt as to, right, I want to race it a little bit, and I want to see if I can make any minute changes and then do it. So I've got three total in me, but I do enjoy um, the 70.3 distance. And um, I'm not a fast guy, but I I do like the inclusion races as well just because it gives me an excuse for being slow, uh, telling somebody behind me. So... um, Fantastic. So, uh, so then, what's next? Well, like, where do you go from here? It seems like you're in a neat place right now. Uh, well, the next step for us is retirement, second retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, I retired from the military in 2011, and now you know that's seven years ago, and so um, you know at least another two years of doing this, mm-hmm. and then we'll see. 
what we want to do. But, you know, I don't want to be retiring at 70, uh, retiring from, as you say, a lifestyle. You can't really retire from a lifestyle. But I just built up my uh, my titanium Europe bike, which Beautiful is being shipped way. to Europe and uh, to the UK in two weeks when I go over there and visit family, and that's where it'll stay, and that's my retirement bike because wow. we want to spend our lives riding around Europe and France and Germany and so on and, and just being fit and healthy. Do you recreate any of the Tour de France? I'd like right. to do some of them, yeah. And I know people here who want to do some, so we'll probably end up organizing trips. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, i, I got to get on that email list. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah. Of, and I know that it's painful, and I will train for it, but um, there's a couple that come to mind. Mont Ventoux, uh, Alpe d'Huez, yeah, 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 yeah. you know what I mean? You've just yeah, got to yeah. go to some of these. Yeah. Uh, uh, absolutely. Cold Qual Affair and yeah. all those just oh. epic, epic. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't suspect we'll be racing them the way that they race them. But, yeah. but I think, you know, you, you go to one of the mountain towns and base yourself there, and then you can do, like, you know, east, west, north, south. You get five of the great climbs in, you know. Right. And uh, I think, you know, what would what better to do as a retirement? Right. You know, just doing what you want to do. And, uh, you know, we got family and we got three kids. They all live in London. And um, and so it makes sense at some point, you know, in a couple of years to be that side of the pond right. and helping them and helping our older family, my dad, and my, you know, my wife's mom and dad and so on. So, yeah, I think we'll end up, uh, you know, but I'm already, okay, what are we going to call our business how are we going to transfer our business to Europe? And right. what's Europe going to look like? Where are we going to be based? We're going to be based in the Alps, or we're going to be based in England. So we're already thinking all that out right now. I swear, I, I honestly think, and I'm uh, be careful, but I think that if you just set up tours of of these great stages, then that'll be enough. You would have a mailing list a mile long of people come over yeah. from here to go there because. Yeah. I wouldn't know who to trust to, to guide yeah, me through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. So I write that down. Exactly. All right. Well, so listen, I, I will. Um, I will let you go. But before we go, uh, just quick shots of advice for somebody who's thinking about doing a triathlon. What What do you tell them? What's uh, What's your your just you know your thumbprint of dies advice for newbies? So something I think it was Chrissy Wellington, uh, you know, multiple world champion Ironman athlete, really great person. She started, you know, on an old mountain bike um, that she'd ridden around South America or something, and she did her first couple of triathlons on that. The first point is you don't need to spend hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands or thousands even to start. Um, you know, we've got a bike that somebody left here to pass on. My wife used it, beginner triathlete. Now we're ready to move it on, pass it on to someone else. Okay. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You can buy a helmet for 20 bucks that is just as safe as a helmet for 100 bucks. Right. You um, don't need fancy gear. You just need the will to want to do it. You can wear flat pedals and just enjoy yourself. You know? So don't be put off by the cost. You can spend 20000 30000 a year if you want to, right. but don't be put off by the cost. And I think one of the key things is, is – People assume you have to do a sprint and then an Olympic, then a half, then this, whatever. My wife, her first triathlon last year was a half Ironman. Wow. Well, arguably it's easier because it's just, you just got to keep going. You have to average 15 on the bike, average 15 minute miles on the run. 
Right. As long as you swim a reasonable swim under 45 minutes, you'll, you'll cut in eight hours or just right. under eight hours. But it's fun. Right. And you have a great time because we only ever do them in tropical locations. Though. Right. No. But, you know, there's local races. But you don't have to do that. So don't get caught up in that is what I'd say to people. You know, sprint, Olympic, you know, I've got to do this. If they've never done any endurance work, then doing a few sprints is, is probably a good season's worth. Sure. So um, nothing wrong there. And I think, yeah, just don't be put off and open yourself up to the community. Get online, get on Facebook, find all the groups, and you'll get more advice than you ever need. Right. Um, and, you know, come into places like us, other places around, the other groups, and they'll give you advice for free. Absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, you guys um, join us at uh, Local Tri-Vibe. You can go to the website, podcast. Uh, we've got all kinds of places for you to find us. And um, train smart, race smart.